0: You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball. Stay informed by making us part of your daily routine. You can follow and listen for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Just subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and today's episode of Locked On Kentucky is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that really does taste like a candy bar. I love the chocolate almond coconut. You can imagine the candy bar that that tastes like. If you use promo code LOCKEDON, you get not $10, but $15 off your first order this week only at BuiltBar.com. You get the $10 off. But this week, you also get another additional $5 off just this week. So a few more days to take advantage of that. Uh, Kyle, there's uh, several things to talk about today. We got the uh, big prospect, big guy, Musa Sisei reclassifying uh, to 2020. And Kentucky's on his list. We'll discuss that. Johnny Juzang getting a waiver. And Kentucky announces a new basketball series with Notre Dame. And we'll get to get to those, but, uh, I think we should probably begin with, uh, one of our colleagues passing away, Gary Moyers, who had been with uh, the cat's paws, uh, the last several years. Uh, he is also was former editor of uh, Richmond register. Um, just a, a long career in, um, in writing in sports, sports writing and photography. Uh, if, if you were to look around the landscape at UK events, You would see Gary Moyers with a camera in his hand uh, and on the sideline or on the floor at Rupp Arena taking pictures. And just uh, if you look on social media and you see other people who cover UK talking about him, you'll notice one thread, which is nice guy. Couldn't be a nicer guy than Gary Moyers. And he was Uh, editor at the cat's paws for me when i would write articles uh, previewing small college basketball teams in the state we're doing high school football previews or basketball previews and he was just great great to work with Uh, so sad for his family
0: yeah i I was on a text thread with some folks kind of reacting to the news that knew him and uh we'd see him in the Rup Arena Media Room, you know, I can see it right now in the same set in the same seat all the time within view of where I always sit. We all kind of stake out our normal spots. And when he would get done with his work, he'd always stop and say goodbye to everybody. And, um you know, we'd get there before games. He'd always come up and have something to say. And he was always talking about his family, his kid, his uh, daughter, his uh, grandkids. uh He was posting, you know, one of the things that really got me was I went to his, uh, Twitter profile this today just to see when the last time he had posted, he just had posted from out at the golf tournament a couple of days ago. Um, but a, a couple of days even prior to that, he had done a sort of drive by social distancing uh, birthday wish yeah. for his uh, daughter and grandkids. And he said, you know, someday soon there will be hugs. Um, and that just got me, that, like kind of gutted me because, you know, he's obviously maintained social distancing for these what almost three months now. So he hadn't, I I would assume hadn't hugged his, his, you know, daughter or grandkids in three months. Um, and now he's passed away. Uh, and that just, that's heartbreaking, but he, he really is true that every time I interacted with Gary, he was happy and kind, uh, positive. And and everybody that knows media, uh, knows that's not how we are as a, as a, um, um, uh, as a species we're not, no, over, not our you know, makeup. Just, just genuinely always kind and happy and positive we like to get <laughs> together and complain about things. Uh, Gary was a super positive guy and so uh, really sad. I know a lot of people are, are crushed. Um, Larry Vaught was a good friend of his and posted about it and Daryl Bird, his colleague there at the Cat's Paws, just um, crushed about it. From what I gather it was totally unexpected. I mean, people saw him yesterday I think um, and didn't wake up this morning. And that's just, uh, it's mm. very, very sad. Yeah. So we're thinking no of Gary and you know, thinking of Gary and thinking of all his people. Yeah. I mean,
1: those grandkids, I mean, once you become a grandparent that, uh, you know, first of all, once you become a parent, you know, obviously it changes your life and your perspective, but then, you know, I can't speak from experience cause I'm not a grandparent, uh, yet, but I just know, how I've seen my parents and my wife's parents, you know, change becoming grandparents. And, and just knowing people who are grandparents, It, it that, that's what they live for. They live for those kids. And, and my kids, uh, you just think how devastated they would be if they were to lose one of their grandparents. I remember how devastated I was mm-hmm. when um, I lost my grandparents. And so, yeah, I just... Just hate it for that family, um, especially when it's such a nice guy, you know somebody yeah I mean
0: you, you're always sad when anybody, you're always sad when anybody passes, but right uh, you know sometimes we have to go out of our way to speak kindly of the dead. Uh, that is not the case, <laughs> not right. the case for Gary, you know It just not at all just a just a nice guy that's a, I've thought about that today since hearing the news, like you know there's a lot of things people want to be remembered for uh i I can't think of a better one than like everyone that knew you saying you were just incredibly kind and and made you know happy and made them feel happy when they saw you uh yeah they wouldn't say that about me yeah i don't know that that anybody would say that about me and maybe i need to change my life in that way but uh they certainly do about gary so cheers to him
1: absolutely um well as i said some other stuff that we'll talk about uh musa sisei uh, UK Notre Dame series start uh, starting up this year. And then Johnny Juzang getting a, a waiver to play at UCLA. We'll discuss those things when we continue here on Locked on Kentucky. I want to tell you about the protein bar that I just discovered within the last month here called Built Bar. It tastes truly like a candy bar, really. Uh, and now they have even more flavors than they had before. They had they had 16 when they started. Now they're up to to 20 flavors. Uh, They have a lot of nut flavors like uh, peanut butter brownie, anything peanut butter chocolate, because all these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Anything peanut butter chocolate, count me in. But then I know that many of you have nut allergies and can't do that. So they have plenty of uh, nut-free flavors that are made in nut-free facilities. Like they have pineapple upside down cake. Like that's one of their new ones. You gotta, you're gonna want to try that one. Built Bar is also super healthy, unlike a candy bar. Even though it tastes like a candy bar, it has stuff uh, that that you need, not the stuff that you don't need. So low calorie, low sugar, low carbs, high in protein, high in fiber. Go to builtbar.com. Use promo code Locked On to get ten dollars off your first order. But this week, this week through the thirty first, through the end of the month. You get an extra five dollars off every box of bars. So if you were to buy a couple boxes, you get five dollars off each of those boxes. In addition to the ten dollars off when you use promo code LockedOn. Go to builtbar dot com.
0: You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast.
1: We're back here on Locked On Kentucky and uh, what do you want to start with Kyle De- dealer's choice here or, or whatever? I'll just uh, leave it to you. Musa Sisei, Johnny Juzang, UK, Notre Dame, where do you want to go?
0: Uh, let's, let's talk something, uh, that's, uh, real and current for Kentucky, which is the, the Notre Dame series. Um, I think it's great. Yeah, you know, they, they announced today that, uh, and, and amazingly it flew under the radar, right? I mean, I don't think any, I don't think this one slipped out there until Kentucky announced it. Yeah. Uh, o- often they do. Um, it's Kentucky Notre Dame this year at Rupp and I think December twelfth. Uh, yeah. next year in a neutral site, which will be interesting where that's gonna be. It's TBA neutral site, but it's uh, you know Indianapolis is an obvious choice. Uh, yeah. they played they played many years in that series in in uh, uh, Freedom Hall in Louisville. Right. there's a bunch there's a bunch of games. In fact, I was just looking at it it's funny because uh, in the uh, in the Eddie Sutton uh, sort of memories story that I wrote, uh, the lead of that story was from Jimmy Dykes talking about a halftime of a Notre Dame game in uh, Freedom Hall in the '80s. Uh, in uh, I can't remember '88. Um, uh, yeah, it was a long-standing series um, there. Yeah, I'm gonna pull that up. Notre Dame, Kentucky, Big Blue history, greatest site ever. Big Blue history. Uh, oh yeah, I use it like literally. I use it almost every day of my life, <laughs> every working day. <laughs> uh, yeah, they've played uh, 62 times. Kentucky leads that series 43 to 19, but they played in Louisville. Oh my gosh. Like every year, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking in like starting in 1960 through 1981, they basically played every year in Louisville. Like Um, the
1: 2010 game. I remember that game. It was in Louisville, but was it at Freedom Hall? yeah, Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that Terrence Jones game. I mean, he was—he yeah, had was one a, of the best dunks of his career, uh, and maybe one of the—I mean, it could definitely be top ten Calipari era dunks in that game against Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, and then you know, then more recently they had the epic uh, game in the Elite Eight when Kentucky was bidding to go undefeated. Yeah. Um, got them to the Final Four. Um, you know, Willie Cauley Stein makes that great stop at the end. I mean, they had a—they had a shot in the air to beat Kentucky and end the perfect season, and not even get to the Final Four. Uh, Did, so they, was and, that Luke Herron
1: Gody? Is that who Notre Dame had? Is that their dude? No,
0: no. Back no. then, it was in in 2015. It was um, uh, oh crap. Now I've forgotten his name. A terrific player, uh, All American, Jerain uh, Grant. Yes. Um, yeah. There you go. And he was, uh, you know, Willie Cauley Stein made two of the great stops you'll ever see a seven footer make. He's he's he uh, got out on a step back three and blocked it um by grant with like a minute under a minute to go and then at the end of the game he chased grant a point guard the length of the floor um and contested drove him into the corner away from the basket and got a contested look off that was missed at the buzzer um but they played a bunch and like i said they played in louisville for basically 20 years every year in louisville um so that may be i mean if they're trying to do sort of a throwback you know tradition thing You'd look at Louisville, and even before that, back in the back in the 40s, it looks like the 30s and 40s, they played Notre Dame uh, several times in Louisville. I mean, they've probably played 25, 30 times uh, in in Louisville, so they may do that. But they've also played uh, in the Big Four, Big Four Classic, another kind of historic throwback right. that was that was awesome um, mm-hmm. in Indianapolis. So they played a couple of those games in Indianapolis. I would think those are the two options for a neutral site. Somebody else yeah. throughout Chicago. You know, that's an area where you'd have Kentucky. Well, that's and another D- home
1: game for Notre Dame, though.
0: Yeah, right. So, um, but that's going to be interesting. That's, that's in 2021. And then 2022, they go to South Bend. So, a home-and-home home with a neutral site in between. I, I love that. Uh, it certainly improves Kentucky's home schedule this year. Um, as I understand it, Kentucky was working on this even while they still thought they were having the Notre Dame series this year. I mean, the Michigan, Michigan. series. So you know they were they they were going to have Michigan in London and then come back the next week and play Notre Dame at home. Um, so it's kind of a bummer that that is off the table now. Michigan series getting moved back, but it is you know starting next year they're going to have Michigan and Notre Dame uh, right. on their schedule, and they're going to. have – It's money. almost
1: like they've heard the complaints that the home yeah. schedule needs to be better. And yeah,
0: yeah, I mean now
1: Michigan and a Notre Dame that helps, yeah.
0: It's kind of a it's kind of a, a compromise, I think, in the yeah. Cal Perry scheduling model. He wants to play these neutral site games. He thinks they're valuable to play marquee games on neutral sites to get ready for the postseason, often with a young team that hasn't been in those environments before. Uh, and so they're playing this is a second, you know, time where they're having we'll play at your place, you'll play at ours, but we'll play also a third game on a neutral uh, court. So um, I think that's interesting. Uh, next year's schedule is Really, you know, non-conference schedule is really good right now. As it's set, they have Kansas to open the season uh, in the Champions Classic. Uh, that would be in Chicago this year. They played Detroit Mercy and Brad Calipari at home. Hartford, eh, Georgia State, pretty solid. But Richmond, Richmond, uh, November twenty third at Rupp Arena is a going to be a great game. Uh, yeah. Richmond's a preseason top twenty five team. They won, I think, twenty five games last year. That's a with everybody back. That's a really good game. Uh, that Georgia Tech game uh, over Thanksgiving week uh, in Atlanta, Cleveland State at home, Notre Dame at home, uh, and then uh, UCLA December 19th, and they don't have a city yet. It's listed as TBA on Kentucky's uh, schedule in the CBS Sports Classic. I guess they haven't finalized the details of re-upping that CBS Sports Classic. Um, But that's, you know,
1: Kansas. And then you'll have
0: Louisville. Right, and Louisville. So you got Kansas uh richmond georgia tech notre dame ucla and louisville that's a pretty solid non-conference schedule not a lot of home games there of those marquee opponents but uh, i think adding notre dame was one that is big and they, they needed to get um, well the big
1: 12 challenge game should be at rup arena since they went to texas tech last season
0: correct so you'll have that too in late january and you know that that's typically going to be kansas or texas tech maybe a risk you know, maybe a return game with Texas Tech. Uh, they've they've kind of done that with Kentucky going back and forth. Um, uh, that would be nice because have-
1: that kid, Mac McClung, just uh, just transferred there, and he's from Kentucky, right?
0: Uh, is he from Kentucky? I don't know, but uh, he's certainly uh, an exciting player, and they're, they're always a good team. West Virginia would be interesting. So they're going to have a nice, uh, very nice non-conference schedule. Um, one thing to note uh, right now, where the schedule stands, you got Cleveland State November 30th at Rupp, and Notre Dame December 12th at Rupp, and that's all we know. So that leaves a week in between um, where that uh, game in London was supposed to be. So this was not a replacement for that, to be clear. They, I would. That's yeah, they, that's what
1: I thought it was. You yeah, know?
0: It, it yeah, it is not a replacement for that. Uh, they probably are going to fill that spot because you're not going to take you know, 13 days off uh, in the end of November and middle of December, I don't think, Um, especially when you had a game scheduled. I would assume it's not going to be like the marquee level of a Michigan. They'll probably have a more standard kind of non-conference home game in there, but uh, there, there is, I I would think there's surely at least another game to fill in on the schedule there.
1: Yeah. Mac McClung is not, from Kentucky. I don't, I don't know where the Kentucky connection came and entered my mind, but anyway, all right, we'll take another break. And uh, when we come back, we'll, we'll discuss Musa Cissé and Johnny Juzang when locked on Kentucky continues.
0: This is locked on Kentucky, your
1: team every day. All right, we're back here on locked on Kentucky and Kyle, uh, Johnny Juzang got this waiver quickly. Like he, he transferred to ucla and it was right after the end of the season so right after the sec tournament got paused stopped canceled he transfers announces he's going to ucla and calipari says well if he changes his mind we well, he didn't say he was going to ucla he said he was entering the transfer portal and calipari says he changes his mind he can come back he's welcome back and then a little bit later it's announced that he announces he's chosen ucla uh and then now it's been what I guess two months. Uh, Well, not even that. Um, And he has gotten, uh, let's, I guess it's been about two months and he's already gotten this, this waiver. I mean, it's, it's May 28th. The season doesn't even start if it starts on time until November. And he's already gotten this approval. I mean, this stuff is usually drags out forever. Yeah. What, what do you think is behind that? Is it because, Kentucky and John Calipari always cooperate uh, in helping their players transfer if that's what they desire?
0: I mean, that helps. And and somebody mentioned karma today. I mean, if there, if, if such a karma exists, Cal has always been good about that. Um, you know, he's probably do one with Olivier Saar. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, Kentucky certainly wasn't standing in his way. And I think the one thing you have to remember, uh, I've seen some people go, well, if he's getting this, we better get a waiver for Saar. They're very different. Uh, I, for the record, I, I think yeah. uh, Sar should get a waiver. I think pretty much everybody should get a waiver. And soon, you know, in months from now, they're going to have a vote and pretty, and and anybody is going to be able to transfer anywhere and not sit out. That's coming. Um, but as we try to figure out whether this will happen or not, um, Johnny's case is like a classic no-brainer for the NCAA. He moved back to his home city Uh you know, if he wants to, he can live in his parents' house, you know, he's that close to UCLA, uh, in the middle of a global pandemic. So, you know, when, when players transfer back home and there's, you know, I have a sick grandmother, a sick parent, I'm, you know, I have this family, uh, you know, stress situation. Maybe they have a child and they want to move back closer to the child's mother. You know, there any kind of family related situation where you're moving to be closer to home, they, Essentially, always I think give waivers in mm-hmm. that situation because I mean that's the right thing to do. So this to me was like a slam dunk that he was going to get the waiver, especially with no you know with with Kentucky not standing in the way. Um, SAR is in a case where his the basics of his case the the framework of it is something that the NCAA often does not give waivers for. New coach coach you know coaching coach leaves or coach gets fired. They've not really demonstrated that they give waivers for that. However, mm-hmm. he's also in the middle of this global pandemic. Everything is crazy. You know, people's seasons got cut short. Uh, the ability to get information uh, about making decisions got uh, upended. Uh, and then there's the very specific detail that is unusual. You know, for his case, which is he has legitimate NBA possibilities. He has claimed publicly that. Danny Manning talked him out of going into the draft early on and then Wake Forest waited until the day before the early entry deadline for underclassmen to fire Danny Manning, giving him no time to make an informed decision. Uh, So, so because of that, those specific details to me would say, yes, you, you should give this guy a waiver. Of course you should. Um, Understanding, again, I think you should give everybody a waiver, but in, if we're not, if you're trying to pick who you're giving them to, I think Olivier Saar has a really good case. I just I just don't think that Johnny getting one and Johnny getting one quickly has any bearing on Saar's case or what Kentucky's trying to get. Yeah, them. they're
1: completely different. And yeah. and Saar, I mean, his, his case just, I mean, it just smells dirty with, with Wake Forest waiting as long as they did. I mean,
0: Certainly unfair, I mean very unfair yeah. if, if if not deliberately like hey, let's uh, screw this kid out of being able to decide and so he'll stay uh if not deliberate, it's certainly unfair um because it did but as a school not, it took yeah. you
1: three weeks to decide whether or not you wanted to keep your coach
0: you know? no, I think it was like five during, or six five or six weeks I mean it was it was during I a think, time
1: where there's no basketball even I mean the season's over.
0: Well, they fired yeah. him on like April 25th, right? So it was a, <laughs> yeah. a full a full month after the season was over.
1: Yeah, it's just,
0: that smells,
1: that smells. So I think based on that, he should get a waiver, but I don't know that he will. And uh, yeah, I don't know if, if the Johnny Juzang, if you look at Johnny Juzang getting one and you say, oh, that sh- helps SAR. The only way you can base that on is that a player got a waiver.
0: Another yeah, player, and, got it, and it, I mean, I, I think if you want to look for something to be encouraged about in the Johnny case is that it happened quickly. You know, yes. maybe maybe you're not going to have to wait forever and ever to hear on some of these uh, waivers. Yeah, you know, the other interesting person to think about is Jacob Toppin. You know, I don't know what the what the I have not heard from anyone what the case would be ma- to make that he should get a waiver other than, hey, everybody should get a waiver right now. <laughs> Give us one. But yeah. if he has, you know, if he's has some kind of compelling case, why, you know, he should get a waiver. Um, that would be interesting. You know, could is there? Could he get one? If and if he gets one, you know, how much better does that make Kentucky's front? Just in terms of like um, being able to absorb foul trouble or being able to absorb a guy turning his ankle and being out for a couple of weeks, right? Um, I'm under no impression that that anybody thinks Jacob Toppin's getting a waiver, but I think he. I mean, he basically told me when I talked to him right after he chose Kentucky, he was going to try um, right. to get eligible next season. So um, that would be interesting as well.
1: All right, moving on to Musa Cisse is Kentucky done adding to its roster? Maybe, maybe not. But uh, Cisse, six foot eleven center from Guinea, uh, he played in Queens, uh, played moved to the United States, uh, I guess, when he was uh, about five years ago, I think it was. Uh, And he he was in uh, high school in Queens, New York, and then he moved to Memphis last summer and played last season in Memphis. Uh, He has told ESPN that he's decided to reclassify to the 2020 class and all that will be taken care of next week, he says. Uh, Once he finishes these classes, uh, he'll be done. and and meet all the qualifications to be in the 2020 class. So he has UK among the six schools that he's considering along with LSU, Georgia, Georgetown, Florida state, and of course, Memphis. I mean, kids playing basketball in New York and he up and moves to Memphis where Penny Hardaway is. Yeah. So he plans to announce next week, Memphis is seen to be uh, one of the front runners along with LSU But Cise did come to Big Blue Madness at Rupp Arena last October, and Cal did visit him twice last December. His reputation is as the best shot blocker in high school basketball, and he says stuff like he's not worried about starting, he's not worried about minutes, he likes to play defense, and he wants to get to the NBA. So all that stuff kind of jives with Kentucky, but uh, Kyle, your thoughts on whether or not he actually winds up at Kentucky.
0: I don't think so. <laughs> um yeah. I think this is uh probably a Memphis and LSU battle. Um I think all the tea leaves are are uh saying LSU right now. Um, a
1: strong ass offer has been made.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't want to cast any aspersions. Uh I just <laughs> I just think uh you know it's always interesting when when the finalists are Memphis and LSU. Um mm. So uh, no, I don't, I don't think it's Kentucky for him. Um, I've been wrong many times before, but I would expect it's, it's going to be another option for him.
1: And it would just be, um, I mean, it'd be nice for Kentucky, but it would be too much. I think he, he wouldn't be satisfied. Yeah. He he may yeah. say he's not worried about minutes and all that stuff, but if SAR is given a waiver and is eligible, uh, those are SAR's minutes and, if Cissé plays, it's maybe, you know, 12 minutes a game, something like that. Calipari is going to have a lot of egos to satisfy on this year's roster.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're done. I I, I think a lightning would have to strike for them to take somebody else. Um, I just don't think it makes a lot of sense to do it. Um, I mean, look, if they could get Cissé, if they thought they could, um, if they thought they could get Paolo Benchero or, you know, Who's who is, by the way, not to all, by all indications not reclassifying. But I'm just saying, if they thought they could get a game-changing uh, mm-hmm. big man, I mean, even not big man, but they're pretty well loaded everywhere else. But if they thought they could get an instant impact, you know, reclassified, you know, elite top ten caliber player, they'd take him. I think. Um, I just don't think this recruitment doesn't really line up that way, and there's nobody else that I see them. Really having a chance to get. And so I think they're, they certainly aren't just going to go add a body to add a body. I don't think. So I think they're done.
1: Okay. All right. Now, uh, tomorrow, if I'm correct, in the athletic, you have a state of the program for UK football coming out. Is that correct?
0: That's correct. It'll be right. about 5,000 words or more about uh, where things stand um, with the program that Mark Stoops has built to this point and kind of expectations for the season to come and it goes through a uh, position by position uh, and breaks things down. And it just kind of takes a, 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 wide look um, at where things are right now. And, and I think they're in a pretty good place for Kentucky football.
1: Yeah. I'm looking forward to reading that. And that is what uh, we'll discuss on tomorrow's episode of locked on Kentucky talking about football. I mean, a lot of football talk. We saw um, uh, Matt Jones and Kentucky sports radio broke uh, kind of a, a story on how uh, Kentucky is looking at, at coming back, how they're looking at bringing the players back and, and their different phases of bringing them back. So this stuff is starting to ramp up a little bit. We're looking at uh, maybe another week possibly before uh, Kentucky football players are on campus and uh, another month before possibly practicing. So it's all starting to go. So definitely looking forward to talking football. I mean, that's that's my in my wheelhouse. That's, that's where I'm, I'm strongest is talking football. I can talk football for hours, Uh, but we'll, we'll condense it to a half hour tomorrow. So be sure to tune in. Uh, In the meantime, if you want us to discuss something else, uh, got a question for us, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at D R I E F F E R. Kyle is at
0: Kyle Tucker underscore A T H.
1: All right. Thanks folks. And uh, right now, if, if you want more, if you want more sports, Uh, tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Chad Ford's NBA big board. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: You are locked on Kentucky available on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast locked on. Don't worry. I won't finish. You get the idea.